And my and my last two questions are, hey, are you coachable at all? And the last one is on a scale from one to 10, one being, being you're not hungry and 10 being being your ravenous, how hungry are you for success? And if honestly, Doug, if they don't get three out of five, you know, like I said, I'm out. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. In studio today, I've got joining me a fellow marketer. Lisa Florenzen calls herself the, a small business Swiss army knife. By spending the last 25 years working with pre-IPO startups and medium-sized entities in California and Idaho, and nationally doing everything from getting coffee, writing copy, and staffing bodies, um, her non-sugar-coated sense of business style and her former stint as a stand-up comic have given given her a unique perspective on handling the marketing drama with humor, tact, and in almost any financial environment. She currently runs a consulting firm called Kaboom Coach Academy and is honored to be a consulting partner with the first social selling app, Rely Circle. So I'd like to welcome Lisa to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, hey, I'm super excited to have uh, my next guest on the show. I just want to welcome uh, Lisa Florenzen to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Thank you, Doug. I'm super elated to be here. So we connected on social media. And I think the reason that happened is because we use social media, what it's designed to do, and that is to be social and not just broadcast. Absolutely. I was, yeah. I mean, I was tickled when uh, I got your invite. So thank you again. Well, I connect with a lot of people that way. And it surprises me that in the days of people wanting to be more social and connect, that they still use it as a broadcast channel where they just think they can pump out their messages and not have conversations. And then they wonder, hey, social media doesn't work for me. Yes, I've experienced that, especially, you know, I don't want to slam any social media outlet, but LinkedIn, I've had, you know, conversations with people or or brief little things where people try to hit me up or they invite me somewhere. And then I call it the abduction by aliens uh, where they are gone. Like you don't ever hear anything from them again. So uh, I, <laughs> I, appreciate, funny, abduction. I appreciate the fact that you, you know, come through with your, <laughs> with your contact. It's refreshing. Well, some of it I automate and some of it I use team for, but, you know, I think that the goal here really is to build our network, look for smart people that you want to connect with. And, you know, that gives us an opportunity for referrals. It gives us an opportunity to work with new potential vendors and just uh, just a support network of other people who are trying to do the same thing that we're trying to do, which is build our businesses and help our clients. Absolutely. And I don't know if you got the smart thing over here, but I know I got the smart thing over there where you are. So that'll be good. At least one of us will get something out of it. <laughs> so do you want to uh, just fill in the blanks and give us a little bit of background on kind of what your specialty and superpower is and how you work with businesses to help them with their sales and marketing and their communications? Um, certainly. Well, my superpower is really that I try to help uh, any business gain at least $20,000 of revenue in less than an hour. And, and how I do that is really taking a look at their message, their content, 
what their goal is with their business. And a lot of times it's small companies, pre-IPOs. And believe it or not, you'd think that when you got an influx of cash or you're bootstrapping something all on your own, that you would really have everything kind of all, you know, some kind of a plan. And it's not the case. Yep. Um, well, it's funny because there's lots of uh, companies that I've, I meet with and when they're asking for help with their marketing communications, I ask for a business plan. And we talked about this briefly before we got on air. And it's surprising to me how many people don't have a plan. It's kind of in their head and they're looking to someone like you to fix a problem, but they can't articulate kind of where they're going, what their audience is. And, and like, you know, what, like we discussed, their messaging just doesn't isn't congruent with what they're trying to achieve. Absolutely. I find that all the time. I've even scoured, you know, the websites of million dollar companies and just seen just all kinds of grammatical and typos and things peppered in their messaging. And I think, holy cow, you guys have a budget of like, you know, millions of dollars a year. Could you not afford me? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, it's I find that as well. And like I mentioned to you before we got on air, you know, one of these days, somebody's in a one of my guests is going to call me out the SEO guest or like in your case, uh, someone who's an expert in writing or somebody who's an expert in graphic design, but uh, they've been graceful so far. So in terms of helping clients, I mean, uh, $20,000 revenue in an hour is a pretty big claim to make. Is there an example of a client that you've worked with, you know, you can name them, not name them entirely up to you that you've helped kind of walk through your process? Um, yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I have a gentleman in uh, Maryland who runs, who's been running, believe it or not, he's been running this um, tub and tile resurfacing business for the last, I don't know, 15 years by himself. And unfortunately, he encountered the last two months a major car accident, which basically left him debilitated for the next six months. I mean, he's not walking at all. And so, you know, he reached out to me, oddly enough, right before this accident, um, had the accident and said, Lisa, what do I do? You know, this is basically going to cut me financially in, you know, shreds. And I said, okay, let's take a look at this, you know, Mike, let's revamp what you're doing. Let's get somebody, let's try to get somebody on board for you. Let's, let's franchise. Have you ever thought about franchising? And he said, absolutely not. I, you know, I, I didn't even know that I could do something like that. And I said, well, Mike, here's the thing. You've been working on this business by yourself as a solopreneur for the last 15 years. You know, heaven forbid, did you ever think that you might want to duplicate your efforts? I mean, it seems so simple, right? And it seems so like, like almost a dull moment, but he really, honestly, in his mind, he was super involved with his clients. He has great ratings. He was, you know, basically in control of all the day-to-day operations. But now this accident left him where he's not in control of anything except his rehabilitation. So I just went in and said, look, this is what we need to do. Let's get a plan in place. Let's get somebody to on board right now to train. You need to train that guy and then that guy needs to be duplicated and you need to do this over again. Let me help you write everything that you do from the beginning to the end, and which was not too bad because he had a lot of his processes already written down in some kind of form. Um, let's get this you know, to a level of reduplication. And he totally embraced it and he's off to the races and I'm super happy that he's actually able to rehabilitate, still keep his income going. And also, you know, we're putting the final notches, you know, this franchising thing so that he can get it out there and sell it. 
Well, that's really interesting because I've got a guest coming on my show that is a franchise guy that I've known for like 20 years. And we had just a casual conversation just a week or so ago. And one of the things that he said to me that really stuck in my mind. So I, I totally get and, and understand, you know, your approach makes sense. Leverage yourself, you know, build, build a team, build something that will produce income whether you're there or not. And but there's a point that he mentioned that I, I'd never considered. He said that, you know, while a typical business when you want to exit might sell for two or three or four times earnings, it's not uncommon to see a franchise sell for 10, 15 or 20 times earnings because of its potential. And I went, wow, seems like a great exit strategy for somebody who, you know, in your client's case, who's built a very successful business. At some point, he's going to want to retire. If he franchises it now, he could get a 10x return on his exit just because it's a franchise with systems and more potential to expand. That's a great point, Doug. And, you know, he is so, you know, a company like that, I love to see win. And I think that is a great, that's a great point for me to bring up to him because he's really, you know, gaining momentum and I going to be around to listen to your franchise guy for sure. So where do you typically see the low hanging fruit? I mean, you know, I know that when I meet with somebody who's a potential client, you know, because I've been doing this for a while and I'm sure you're the same way, you've seen the most common mistakes and and lots of times you can walk in and very quickly kind of sum up, you know, where their big opportunity is. So, you know, where do you normally um, see that when you work with a organization? Well, I usually do a really quick assessment. You know, I kind of just run through, you know, I know I'm not a finance person by any means, Doug, but I at least say, look, what are your numbers? What do you, you know, what have you done? What are you spending? Where, what are you getting? And then let's go from there. Um, what's your marketing budget? I, you'd have no idea how many times I speak to small businesses that say, oh, I shot my marketing budget. Well, what was it? It was $1,500 for the month? No, for the year. What? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I really try to just get myself into that mentality of the small business and then go, okay, um, especially now people, you know, are doing things differently and revamping, but I really try to get in there and just look at the numbers first, see where we are, see where we want to go, how we can do it intelligently, and then start implementing steps to get there. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, I was speaking with a fellow marketer yesterday and um, they do nothing but paid advertising for their clients. And so, you know, to your point of knowing the numbers, he says really simple. He said, you know, you can try to grow everything organically. Now, I'm not against organic or SEO or social media. He said, however, you need something that's duplicatable. So writing blog posts while they while it's a great concept, he said, takes a long time. He said, if I could show you a way that every time you spent a dollar on advertising, you got three to four dollars back. Why wouldn't you do that? But his big point was exactly what you said. It comes back to knowing your numbers and not just knowing what your sales are, but knowing what the lifetime value of a customer is. So you can figure out how much money can I invest to to hire somebody, you know, so, so, hey, Lisa, I can afford to hire you to do this because I know that my customer lifetime value is worth, you know, $25,000 opposed to just looking, uh, looking at the initial sale. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I read a book recently, and I know you had this gentleman on your show recently, Taylor Welsh from um, Traffic and Funnels. Yeah. I read The Intelligent Advertiser. What an insanely great little book. And those guys are on fire right now. And he he made a really great point about a personal trainer that 
you know, he was working with to, um, you know, he wanted to help him raise his rates, you know, and that's one of the things I do when I take a look at a company, I look at, you know, are they bundling? Do they have joint venture partnerships? What are they doing with those partnerships? Have you raised your prices? And to um, Taylor's, you know, to Taylor's point, you know, a lot of these small businesses, they shudder at the fact of raising their prices or, or, you know, offering any other value. And you can't just, you have to turn that off. I mean, you, especially now in this environment, if you're saying the same old tired stuff, you really are going to be even further behind the eight ball when all this shakes out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes when people, and I know I'll speak for myself, when you're looking at what you would charge somebody, you know, you might say, oh, I can't, you know, if I charge that much, it's going to be too much. But too much compared to what? I mean, instead of looking at what we do on an hourly basis or monthly basis or what you pay your team, I think, you know, if you look at it from a different set of eyes, which is what value am I bringing the client and how big of a problem am I solving for them? So if I'm solving a million dollar problem for them, is it outrageous? to to charge them fifty thousand dollars to solve the problem probably not if you could if you could solve a million dollar problem for people there'd be a lineup of people who'd give you fifty thousand (laughs) dollars day after day so it's not about you know lots of times people having this um self-doubt or imposter syndrome that i can't charge that it's like yeah you can you're solving you look at it from solving the problem point don't look at it for what you're charging for your time Absolutely. I like that imposter. You know, it's funny because in my dealing with pre-IPOs and dealing with small businesses, you know, a lot of times my my fees are basically, you know, on the back end. And and I and I say that only because I know that a lot of people, like I said, you know, I come across people who have just, you know, shot a whole fifteen hundred dollars for the year or something just ungodly like that. And I think, holy cow, okay, I really want to help these people. I really want to get you on the board here. So how how can I best serve you and also, you know, keep my 2G network on? So I take a look at, you know, really anything that they're like, I try to trim the fat of what they're doing and really lean them up in their marketing and their messaging and their content and all of that stuff. And I really just, you know, I'm really of the place and I know it sounds, you know, kind of all, you know, I'm not completely altruistic and ascetic, but I'm really from the place of I, I am a small business. I understand what it's like to spend money on on stuff that doesn't work and people that don't work for you. Um, I've been there, done that, and I want to take my experience and really give it to you. And I'm not going to rape and pillage you per se, but you know, you got to put some skin in the game. You got to give me something. If you want to know where Hoffa's buried, you got to give me something. You know what I mean? So (laughs) that's funny. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that people uh, value uh, what they pay for, you know, the more they pay for it, sometimes the more they value it. And, and sometimes people just, you know, my experience has been sometimes they've got uh, more money than time. um, And they're just not willing, they're just not willing to do the work anyhow. So, you know, I remember at one point firing a client who it was a law firm, he said, Hey, well, we don't pay contract, we'd like to pay you on retainer and billable hours. I went, that's going to be expensive. I don't care. That's how we do it. And after about two months, I went, you know, I can't work with you guys. You're not editing stuff. You're not replying. Um, so it's not about the money to your point. It's about helping them. And clearly I wasn't helping them. I said, Hey, when you guys figure it out and you want to have a conversation, phone me back. And they went, are you serious? I went, yeah, I'm serious. Like I'm out of here. Wish you really well, but it takes both sides to work together to get this end result. 
I concur. And I love that, you know, you are in that place where you, you know, fire clients because, you know, even though, uh, you know, I am still, you know, reinventing myself and things of that nature, I fired clients before. And if they don't, you know, basically I, I ask them five questions and if they don't get three out of the five, right. I mean, they're, you know, they're voted off the Island. You know, I, <laughs> I ask them, you know, basically, do you have the capacity to handle a sudden influx of new customers? If, I, if we get them for you, if, if, if you have, uh, do you have established, you know, policies and procedures for important marketing and sales aspects of your biz that you're going to actually follow and implement? And with regards to your, you know, pers- you know, people's personal reactions to your your reaction on change, how would they say you are? I mean, are you walking around, you know, uh, with Xanax, or are you actually open and embracing the changes that we're going to give you? And my and my last two questions are: Hey, are you coachable at all? And the last one is on a scale from one to ten, one being being you're not hungry, and ten being being your ravenous, how hungry are you for success? And if honestly, Doug, if they don't get three out of five, you know, like I said, I'm out. That's a great way to kind of sum it up, because I think then, you know, you've got the opportunity to evaluate where they're at. And, you know, I just did some reflection on, you know, clients that, that we've had success with and clients we haven't had success with. And I think if, you know, looking at that, you know, your questions that you ask, I mean, that's a great way to kind of reduce the reduce the bad experiences for both sides. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I used to think that my, you know, back when I was starting out and, you know, just a, you know, young and and hungry and stuff. I used to think, oh, you know, they can, I can sit here and chat with this person for two to three hours and only charge them, you know, for a half an hour, hour of my time, if not even at all. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, what the heck are you doing? You know, first of all, your time is just as valuable and important. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're a CEO of a Fortune 5000 company or, you know, they're just starting out. You have some value to offer and you are just as important and you're you are OK to fire someone if they are not going to play nice in the same sandbox with you. No, you're, you're doing them a favor. I mean, that's the same the same way with your staffing. If you've got a staff person that's not a fit and, and moving them to a different uh, department or role isn't a fit, then the best thing you can do is, as I'd say, set them free to to find a, a happier place to work and a different <laughs> audience to serve. It, it's good for everybody. Absolutely. I really do agree that, you know, nowadays um, with all of this stuff going on, you know, People and and people who run businesses, I don't care how big they are, they really need to, I mean, uh, to your point, what you said, you know, on your, uh, I love the point that you said on your uh, business continuity plan, you know, are people going to be sitting around waiting for two hours now that we can bake our own chocolate babka and give ourselves bowl cuts? Are we going to really be sitting around waiting two hours for our hairdresser to squeeze us in anymore? I don't know. Some of them, you know, maybe in Beverly Hills, I don't know. But with that said, people are already doing and embracing different things. People are already being open to listening to what, you know, people like you and I have to say. Whereas before they might have, oh, I, this doesn't work or I know what I'm doing. Now it's like, you know what? I don't really know what I'm doing. I need help and I'm willing to take it from anywhere I can get it. Well, and I think the one big thing is I'm not going to have to argue with people of whether or not they should be online anymore. Oh, so, oh my God. <laughs> that discussion, that ship has sailed. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, holy cow, the yellow pages still exist. It I get the demographic. I understand. I'm probably going to be in that demographic one day. But, uh, you know, let me tell you, the fact that we still have yellow pages, no slight to yellow pages, but that the business are still paying to get in there and and thinking that somebody actually in their demographic that's going to buy there is actually looking through that. It just boggles my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because that's normally one of the first things I get my clients to cancel if uh, they hire me to help them with their marketing. You know, I was working with a, an auto body shop. They had nine locations. They were just going to buy another dozen locations. And I looked at their budget and I said, hey, why don't we just try it? Why don't we just knock, take these ones, take them out, save the $3,000 a month. And let's um, let's see if there's any uh, difference in business. Start asking your customers where they find you. And so they, and guess what? We found three grand a month. I went, there you go. So that pays for part of my fee. <laughs> no, difference in, no difference in sales. The only different, you know, the only person that that affected was obviously the sales rep from Yellow Pages. But uh, yeah, it really comes down to comes back to your point again knowing your numbers where are your customers coming from where are you spending your money what's giving you good ROI what needs to be you know tweaked what needs to be dropped Absolutely. And, you know, those conversations, like you said, are, you know, I find myself being, you know, the bell of the ball right now, because like I said earlier, before this, you know, the call started, we, we're like, nobody is arguing with us, you know, and if they do, you know, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. You know, you are (laughs) just, I don't, you know, there's too many businesses right now that are going, holy cow, I really need to change my approach. I mean, the wonderful thing about this is all the innovation that is coming from, you know, Restaurants now selling groceries, you know, barbershops and and salons now giving you take home dye kits so that you can do your own hair and walking you through tutorials. I mean, these are people that are actually getting it. And I and I love that. It's unfortunate the way it came about, but I love that. Yeah, you, I mean, you're right. If you think about it, if you rewound back six months ago and you had a client that was in the salon business, you said, hey, I think you should create at-home dye kits and teach your clients how to touch up their hair instead of coming in uh, every three weeks. They'd go, no way, I'm going to lose that client. Well, you know, that would have been great advice six months ago because now, like you said, the smart companies are doing that. One of the one of the ladies who owns the gym that we go to, the CrossFit box, that's what she said. She said, yep, my daughter was going to dye her own hair. She said, no, you're not. She said, I phoned my hairdresser. <laughs> hairdresser mixed up exactly the, I can't remember what she called it, the type of dye that she used and delivered it to the house with instructions on how to apply it. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, for ex- that's a great example. I mean, I right before, right when this was on the cusp of getting weird, um, I met with a really sexy industry, a windshield repair guy. So with that said, I you know I sat with him. I I looked at what he was doing, and you know I said, why don't you put a video together? Because his video, his idea of putting a video on his website was putting him on a corner and not even showing how the chips were being you know done on the windshield. He was just showing himself on the corner, and I said, Matt, what the heck? Uh, no disrespect, but what is this video supposed to show me? Well, you know, this is a great avenue for me to sell and blah, blah, blah. And I said, what you're showing me is something that is like three weeks ago. You're not on this block right now. How about you do this? Show me a little bit of your secret sauce. Why don't you, we shoot a video where you are actually showing people how to fix their own chips in their window. And he just looked at me like, I was from Mars and I said, look, this is the thing. If you want to be the, the dominant person in your market, 
You need to show a little bit of your secret sauce. You need to show what's behind the curtain. Are, does that mean that people are going to rush off and go uh, repair their own chips in their windshields? Absolutely not. But see, you showed them how to do that. You're giving them a little bit of that behind the curtains, and they're going to trust you now to come in and have that done for themselves. And he was just like, okay, let's do it. Well, that's funny because that was immediately the thought that came to my mind as I was listening to you describe that situation was, hey, I trust that guy. He's not so concerned about showing me how, you know, it's my vehicle, how he's going to fix it. And the other side of that might be, hey, there might be some people who say, hey, I don't have the deductible. I don't have the extra $150. I'm going to do a self-fix. But you can only do that for a certain, you know, I'm not an expert on windshields, but, you know, the <laughs> crack can only be so big for you to fix it. Uh, sure. there, there comes a point where you need a whole new windshield. Well, then maybe I come to him for the bigger the bigger project and not the small one. Absolutely. And, and this is the kind of, I mean, it's the kind of conversations you have to have with people because sometimes the answers are right in front of their face and they are just too busy running around, you know, the sky is falling and they're not seeing that they have the answers to their own problems right there. Well, I think a lot, you know, my experience has been most people, not only, like you said, are they busy, but they're too close to the situation to understand. They So they know all the industry jargon. They know all the right words, which is great if they're at the windshield convention with all their <laughs> buddies, but it's not so great for um, you or me or my wife or one of my kids who doesn't get it. They just need to get it fixed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and really kind of training and handholding some of these businesses and, you know, understanding that they have to kind of step out of their skin and be their customer is really something that, you know, I I don't mind doing at all. It's it's actually enjoyable when they you see the light bulb go on and you think, okay, I can move on now. That's super cool. So what, uh, in you know, in your business, what's got you most excited uh, right now for, you know, looking forward in the next six to 12 months? A uh, great question. You know, I just think the fact that, like you said, the barrier to entry on some of these businesses going online and saying different things online is going to be, it's low. It's like low, no barrier whatsoever. So for me, not only being a copywriter, but also, you know, a marketer, I think it's the next six or 12 months are going to be insane. You know, word of mouth business is, you know, something that little businesses and every business are going to e embrace even more. Um, I'm, you know, I'm blessed to, you know, be able to you know, help people expand upon that. And so I just think the fact that I don't have to bang my head, you know, as hard with a client for the next six to 12 months is really going to be, it's going to be great. So I'm going to ask you a Tim Ferriss question. I don't know if you're a Tim Ferriss fan or not. <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay. okay. So, um, sorry, I didn't put this in the notes that I sent you. So the, the question is this, I mean, for our audience, what's the bad advice that you hear if you're at a chamber of commerce or business meeting as it relates to hiring a marketing consultant or someone like yourself? Because often people have a will have feedback. Now, I, I say feedback because it's not valid. It's just somebody's opinion. And my my rule of thumb for working for people or asking people for advice is never hire someone who hasn't done what I'm going to do or willing to pay the price I'm going to pay. So you're out there and somebody's make, giving some bad advice. What's the bad advice about hiring a marketing consultant or uh, somebody like yourself to come in and do the copywriting? Um, that's a great question. I think some of the things that I've heard is that you know, we're not worth it. You know, we're too expensive. 
you know, I've heard that I'm, I'm too expensive. I'm not, you know, I'm not worth it. How's this going to benefit me? You know, all that, just the whole not worth it thing, you know, like, oh, you, you know, you're one of those kind of guys. Are you a guru? And, you know, I'm not a guru. You know, I am just me, you know, having been there and done that and still doing it. And I am worth it. And if you want to save your business, if you want to take it to a whole nother level, you need, you know, people like me, you know, like Doug, like Taylor, like, you know, all kinds of people on your podcasts. And you should not, you know, if, if you're, unless your, you know, desire is to have a business that's subpar and to be known as that, then by all means, do not hire me, you know, but I am worth it. And I'm going to show you that it is worth it to have someone like us on your team. Well, I think the other side of that is that, you know, that's a generalized statement. And, and I think sometimes it comes from people that have had bad experiences in the industry. So it doesn't matter what industry that you're in in the world. There's good players and there's bad players. The other side, you know, if you look at that, I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk and, and he's quite funny sometimes. And he said, you know, marketers will eventually ruin everything. So you'll hear people say, hey, Facebook doesn't work or LinkedIn doesn't work or email doesn't work or I hired a copywriter. I didn't have a good experience. And he said, it didn't work for you that time. So my, my, you know, feedback would be, Hey, if you had a bad experience, so what, you know, welcome to life. We've all had bad haircuts, but you know, bought something that didn't work. That doesn't mean that I stopped wearing clothes because something I bought once before, um, I had a bad experience with. Right. And the other side of that is that, you know, I, I know from looking at your website that you've got a number of offers and, and one of them is an opportunity for people to reach out and talk to you. So my advice is go, go talk to some people, ask for, like you said, ask for referrals, get on the phone. Um, you know, it needs to be a fit for both people, have a conversation with one, two or three or whatever, whatever you need to find the person that you feel is a good partner for you. And go forward and quit asking your, you know, your neighbor over the fence for, you know, medical advice because he's not a doctor. <laughs> well said, Doug. Absolutely. And, and to your and to your point, you know, there are people who, you know, have had bad experiences with marketers, you know, in one way or another. And, you know, it's valid to be gun shy, but not everybody is, you know, the bad guy. You know, there are people uh, out there absolutely. doing good yep. things. And, yep. you know, I don't. I'm not in the, you know, I'm not in the business of constantly trying to, you know, wear white all the time. But at the same token, I think, you know, the the clients that I do have, they're happy and and they speak volumes for me. And that really, to me, is what matters the most. Yep, absolutely. So a couple of questions uh, and I'll let you go for today. One is who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Well, you know, I, I'm going to say this, I, you know, I, I really think that he's brilliant. Um, his name is uh, Manesh Chandarana, and he is the uh, CEO of uh, an, a word of mouth app. It's called Rely Circle. So I think um, that is about to change the dynamic for a lot of uh, millions of small businesses around. And I have the pleasure of working with him. And I think he's amazing. Well, would you be willing to make an introduction for me? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That'd be great. So most important question of the day uh, for our listeners that um, have enjoyed our conversation, what's the best way for them to reach you, reach out, connect with you, learn more? Well, thank you, Doug. Um, yeah, they're welcome to reach out to me on my website. It's uh, Kabom and it's a weird spelling. So it's K-A-B-O-M-B Coaching Academy. And that's spelled traditionally with a C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G academy.com. Uh, feel free to reach out 
to me there. And um, I have some offers, uh, free magazine that I happen to be honored to be a part of and some other free things that I would love your uh, listeners to partake in. Well, and I just uh, went in and signed up for your four video series on uh, generating leads. I think it says uh, how to generate all the leads your business can handle. So I'm looking forward to receiving your uh, your videos by email. Oh, so sweet, Doug. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for taking time today. I appreciate you uh, just showing up and uh, and sharing your knowledge with us. Well, it's been my absolute honor and pleasure to be here, Doug. Thank you again for having me. So there you go, listeners. There's another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. And today we talked a whole bunch about basic marketing, marketing skills. I really enjoyed the conversation with Lisa. I hope you did as well. As uh, per usual, we'll make sure that these um, our notes are transcribed. I'll have a link to uh, Lisa's um, website at Kabam Coaching Academy and her LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in. Uh, We look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's dougmorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.